Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing or mending their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats, so they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw, that it, saw this, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement has seized him. I love that. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish they had taken in. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who are partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear, from now on you will be fishing for men. This is what happens through the process of the gospel. The Bible says that Jesus would come and partner with these men and ultimately the world would be changed. But it's the process of partnership sometimes that takes work. Whether it's in a marriage or a business whether it's with friends in a neighborhood or even your friends on social media. How many of those friends take work sometime? <laughs> but, but this process of partnership always takes work. But if you allow the process of partnership to work, you always see the fruit, which is the power of partnership. Together, we can always do more. From the first book of the Bible till the ending of the book, we find that there is this partnership. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, he said this. He told him once before, but he said, again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Jesus not only taught them about partnership, but he modeled partnership before them. He told them over and over about the power of this partnership. He lived out the process of this partnership before them. We find in Ecclesiastes, the Bible tells us that two are greater than one. In John 15, Jesus gives them this teaching and this diatribe of really the process of the kingdom. He said, I am the vine and you are the branch. He said, as long as you are connected to me in partnership, you will bear fruit. And then he said this, you'll bear more fruit. And then he says, but if you're really going to bear fruit, I'm going to have to teach you, disciple you, and prune you. I love the bearing fruit. It's the pruning I do not like. Come on, somebody. It's where he has to come into my life and discipline some things and work on me. I love the bearing of the fruit. I love the abundance of the kingdom. But this is what he said, you're going to bear fruit. 
You're going to bear more fruit. I'm going to have to prune you. And then he said this, you're going to bear much fruit. I want you to understand that much fruit is what he talked about in John chapter 10, verse 10, where he said, there is a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've showed up that you might have life in abundance. He said, if you stay with me long enough, you're going to see that abundance in your life. And some of you are on the verge of giving up, but there is abundance in your future. For some of you, you're in the place where you're ready to throw in the towel, but there's abundance in your future. He said, stay with me, stay connected. There's power in partnership. And then he tells us if one can put a thousand to fly and two can put 10,000, you know what this room can do today? If we were all in one mind and one spirit. From the very beginning, we find there's Adam and Eve. From the book of Genesis, we find Abraham and Sarah, Moses and Aaron, Samuel and David, David and Jonathan, Caleb and Joshua, Samson and the lad that led him to the pillars when he was broken, but yet in his death, he would find victory. We find Peter, James, and John that we just read about. Jesus sent out 70, but he sent them two by two. We find over and over there's this power of partnership, Paul and Barnabas. And then we find in Acts, Paul and Silas, two guys together locked in a prison. They've been beaten and they seem hopeless, but at midnight they begin to sing and they begin to pray and God begins to rock the jailhouse. I will tell you, there's power in partnership. I've told you before, the right people in your life, they propel you. Now the wrong people, again, I've told you this before, they will derail you. You need to partner with the right people. And what happens is Jesus shows up at the lakeside, the gospel's going forth, and he sees an empty boat. He gets on the empty boat, and the Bible says from this empty boat, boat he begins to teach. Now, what you have to understand about this empty boat, this empty boat the night before caught no fish. The Bible says, matter of fact, they fished all night and caught nothing. I will tell you this. If you will allow in the empty seasons of your life can become a pulpit of the testimony of God's goodness. For some of you, the empty season... Or the last season that seemed fruitless can be a testimony. Because in the kingdom, nothing is ever wasted. In the kingdom, everything matters. Your last setback, if you allow it, will become a setup for greater. And what happens, he gets on this boat that caught nothing. And it is now a mouthpiece for the message of the kingdom. And Jesus began to teach. And then he finally looks at Peter and says, launched out. But here's what happens when he finds Peter. The Bible says when he found Peter, Peter was mending and washing his net. The word there is carizo. It simply means to repair or prepare. I'm telling you, there's something about people that even though they had a season that was empty, they still wash and mend their nets because they believe there's a greater season on the way. There's some people that even though they feel like they're losing the good fight of faith, they get back up and fight another day. There is something about people that even though the last season was not what they expected, they still believe for a greater season. There is something about people, and I'm telling you, the presence of God is attracted to those people because Jesus saw him mending his nets and Jesus walked over and got right on his boat. And the Bible said, he, he said, let's launch out into the deep place. And there was something about what was happening, not just with the nets, but what was happening with this disciple named Peter. He was not only being repaired, but he was getting ready to be prepared. And he says, let's launch out a little bit. And Peter says, master, let me tell you really what's happened in the last season. I know you, you think there's some fish out there, but we fought all night long against the water and the waves. We fished all night long and there are no fish here. But something happens. He said, but if you say 
There's some of you that need to move past what you've seen, experienced, and move to what he's declared. He said, but if you say, I, I can't see it, but if you say, I don't know, but if you say, I can't figure it out, but if you say, I don't know how it's all going to work together, but if you say, I can't put it together on my own, but if you say, and the Bible said at the word of Jesus, they begin to drop the nets, and the Bible said when they dropped the nets, it was like ma a magnetic attraction fish begin to fill the nets and the Bible says the nets begin to break he had to call out to his buddies his partners hey come help me with your boat my boat's not enough and the Bible said they went oh I tell you this when you decide to walk in the word of the Lord here's a revelation the word's not just about you it's about somebody else it's not just a blessing for you it's a blessing for somebody else it's not just about you but it's about your neighbor it's about you and your children it's about you and your children and your grand come on somebody praise him that he's that kind of guy this is what happens this is what happens the Bible said he calls over his buddies they begin to put these fish in the boats the boats begin to sink that's how many fish are in these boats but something happens there's a wonder and amazement that overtakes Peter anybody remember when you got saved and had that first encounter with Jesus there was just this wonder and amazement sometimes we lose that in our church journey there was this wonder and amazement that overtook him. And the Bible said he fell at Jesus' feet, began to repent. And Jesus began to speak a word of destiny over him. He said, from this point on, you will no longer fish for these type of fish, but you will now be a fisher of men. You will catch people. Wow. Matter of fact, it was such a strong word, it pulled in his buddies. Peter, James, and John, the three amigos. Jesus, they were his crew. I mean, these were his boys. I mean, Jesus would often go into tight spots and he'd say, Peter, James, and John, let's go. And something happened. Jesus would take these men on a crazy journey where he would begin the process of repairing them so that he could re prepare them. He would start by, by breaking them down so he could build them up. He would start refocusing and repurposing their heart so they would be aligned with their gospel. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, we find the same word is used here. And he gave some prophet, some of the apostles and some prophets and some evangelists as pastors and teachers. Here it is for the equipping. That word equipping is the same word. To repair or prepare. For the equipping, put that back. I can't read it now. There you go. <laughs> Don't get ahead of me. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Here it is right here. He said, I'm going to repair you and prepare you so that you can walk as an apostle or a prophet or a teacher or a pastor or a greeter or a singer or, or whatever it is or somebody just in the neighborhood that's spreading the gospel or somebody in the marketplace that's doing the work of the Lord I'm going to repair you so I can prepare you and something begins to happen in these disciples every they, every, everywhere they went Jesus began to model this partnership they saw water change to wine they saw blind eyes begin to see they saw the deaf speak and the lame leap for joy they saw dead people get out of graves. They saw demons flee at the very presence of Jesus. These disciples had a front row seat to what Jesus were doing, but they were still confused because they were still in the process. They thought,
thought this kingdom that was coming was going to be an earthly kingdom. They thought it was going to be this palatial estate with armies. And they were arguing who was going to sit on the right and who was going to sit on the left and what place they would have in the kingdom. And Jesus just kept telling about being connected. I'm the vine, you're the branch. Stay connected to me and you are going to bear fruit. It's all going to work out. But something happens, Jesus picks up a cross so he could really release the greatest partnership the world has ever known. And the Bible said he died on this cross. They put him in a grave. Three days later, he emptied the grave and robbed hell of its power. And something happens with these disciples. They're confused. They don't even understand. Because as long as Jesus was there physically, they were okay. But they didn't understand the true power and essence of this partnership, that his spirit was going to fill them. And in John chapter 21, something happens. The Bible said that they decided to do something in their confusion. They decided to go fishing. Anybody ever just felt like going fishing? But it really wasn't about fishing. What it was was a former place. Because here's what humanity does many times. It retreats to the former instead of propelling into the future. And they begin to go back to find these familiar places. And in verse 3 it says, And Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going with you also. And they went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? Have you caught anything? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And you will find some. So they cast out and they were unable to draw in because the multitude of fish were so great. The nets began to break. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. Here's what happens. The Bible says these confused disciples not knowing what to do because Jesus is not continually around them. The miracles are not breaking out like they once were. Peter said, you know what, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to that one place that I know about, that one place I have familiarity with. But when they got there, they found out the familiar wasn't fruitful any longer. What they thought they knew didn't seem to work any longer. It wasn't the place. But humanity will try to draw you back over and over and over again to these familiar places. But there comes a revelation somewhere in your journey that that's not my residence any longer. That's not my assignment any longer. That's not my place any longer. And the Bible said it's almost eerie the way it, it looked just like where Jesus found them they fought all night long against the water fished all night long and caught nothing Jesus steps in to that season and the Bible said he asked them one question he said have you caught anything he didn't care about the boat the net this type of technique they were using the bay he didn't ask him anything about that he said have you caught anything now, they could have wanted to, I'm sure the flesh wanted to say, well, after the noonday storm, we believe they're going to roll in. We heard about a little spot on the other side of the lake. Anybody ever heard fishing stories? But there was something happening on this boat. They were in a repairing season because they were also in a preparing season. 
And as they were in this repairing season, God was doing something in them to prepare them. And they were in this preparing season. For some of you, what you don't understand in the repairing season of your journey, there's also a preparation that is taking place because he was about to take them to a net breaking season. And I'm telling you what happens is this. Jesus looked at them and says, have you caught anything? And something happened on that boat. They said, we have fished all night long and we have caught nothing. And Jesus said, you know, that's what I've been waiting to hear. I wanted you to finally get to the place where you understand without me, you can do nothing. Without me, your nets will continually be empty. Without me, you can fight all night long and it will never happen in your own mind or your own power. And Jesus said, oh, you're at the right place, not just physically, but now spiritually, now mentally. He said, I don't want you to move the boat. I don't want you to get out of the boat, but just adjust a little bit. What I need you to do is take the nets from one side of the boat and plop them down on the other side of the boat. But here's what you have to understand. Intellect and logic would say, if there's no fish on that side of the boat, there's no fish on that side of the boat. But I believe Peter was taken back to the very first encounter. And sometimes we just have to go back to the place Jesus found us. And we have to remember where we were, what he did, and how we fell. How that amazement and wonder rolled over us. And the Bible said they went from one side to the other side. And there were so many fish, they could not even drag them in. But something happened on that boat. Finally, Peter understands it's Jesus that has been speaking. And I'll tell you what happened. He jumped in the water and began to swim to Jesus. What he fought for all night long didn't matter as much. What he thought he had to have didn't matter as much. And something begins to happen in our journey. I read a story a while back about a young executive that worked for IBM. And he made this calculated, risky decision to invest and make a move, and it cost IBM $10 million overnight. This is years and years ago. And he was called into the CEO's office of IBM, and Tom Watson Sr., who founded IBM and ran IBM for 40 years, asked this young man to come and see him. And when he walked in the office, immediately the young man started to talk to Tom Watson. He said, I know I made a mistake. I know I cost a lot of money. And I, I know you're expecting my resignation. Here it is. Tom Watson, they said, chuckled and said, what are you talking about? I've just spent $10 million to educate you. I can't afford your resignation. You know, when Peter got to the shore, immediately, I denied you, I failed you, I, I'm broken, I'm not worthy. You know, use somebody else. Sometimes we sing that song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Sometimes that song needs, Lord, repair me to be a sanctuary. When he gets to Jesus, he's ready to give up because he knew all the stuff. But Jesus, I believe, just like Tom Watson, he's like, what are you talking about? I've invested too much in you. I've invested a cross. I've robbed an empty grave. I've invested the resurrection in you to get to this point. Matter of fact, when I found you on the boat at the very beginning, I knew we would be right here and you're not giving up. Matter of fact, you may fall, but I'm praying for you, Peter. Every time you fall, get back up. Every time you feel like it's going to be over, I want you to get a song of a new season in your spirit because I'm not only going to prepare you, I'm getting ready to prepare you because you're headed to a net break 
winning season. And I want you to know this morning, there are some people in this room, he's been repairing. He's been putting you back together. He's been working on you. There's some in this room, he's been readying you for a greater season. But for wherever you're at, get ready in your future. There's a net breaking season because that's the way the kingdom operates. Come on, jump to your feet with me. I'm going to repair you. I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to use you. These disciples didn't really get it. We don't really get it sometimes. But he said, in you, there is this power. That's what Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 talks about. He said, it's more than you thought, more than you asked, more than you imagined, more than you put on your whiteboard and plan out because I'm working in you so I can work through you so whether you're in a repairing season whether you're in a preparation season it's all for this place where he said when I'm done I want you to bear much The process of partnership eventually results in the power of partnership and the produce of partnership. So as long as you're connected, you become effective. I want to pray over you today. I want to pray for those that feel like they're in a place where he's been repairing you. Maybe there's some things in you that need repair. Maybe is that a place where he's preparing you? Maybe you're at the verge of a net-breaking season where God's favor is about to hit your life. Wherever you're at today, the key is this. Keep listening to his voice. Keep following by faith. And allow him to receive glory for what he does in your life. Father, I declare today that you are working. Father, you are working and you are speaking. You're challenging us. You're changing us. You're moving us from glory to glory. Father, not just those in this room, but those at church online today. So, Father, as you repair us, as you repair us, as you work on us and in us. Father, set us up. Prepare us for what you've called us to. That we might walk out our purpose. Not walk out our destiny. Because Father, if you can use anything, you can use us. So Father, bless your people with favor. With a grace with a marked blessing of what you are doing. Father, we bless you today. Amen and amen. Come on, give him praise. Let's worship together. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, 
please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. And you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today, and we'll see you next time.